السلام عليكم ورحمة الله وبركاته بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين والعاقبة للمتقين ولا عدوان إلا على الظالمين وأشهد أن لا إله إلا الله وحده لا شريك له إله الأولين والآخرين وأشهد أن نبينا محمدا عبده ورسوله المصطفى الأمين اللهم صل وسلم وبارك لعبدك ورسولك محمد وعلى آله وصحبه أجمعين أما بعد Welcome to another episode of our Tafsir page by page and inshallah ta'ala today we are covering the 41st page of the Quran which is also the final page of the second juz Surah Al-Baqarah. In the previous episode we had began the passage of the Quran in which Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentions to us the story of Talut and Jalut and the Prophet of Allah Dawood alayhi salatu was salam. And this story which in English or in biblical terms is famously known as the story of David and Goliath is the story as we mentioned of the people of Bani Israel who are going through a patch and a period in their history in which they were being persecuted and they were losing a number of battles and they were being oppressed. And so they asked from their Prophet that Allah had anointed for them at that time that he placed above them a king that would unite them and lead them in war against their enemy who is Goliath. And the Prophet of Allah of that time, and Allah knows best who that Prophet is, his name is not mentioned in the Quran, he appointed for them a king by the name of Talut. And immediately they begin to dispute his appointment because Talut is not from their elite, he's not from their nobility, he's not someone who is known for his wealth or for his position amongst their society. And so they begin to dispute this. But the Prophet tells them that Allah has given them a number of signs to show that this man Talut should be their king and he is their rightful leader. The part of the story which is now the second half of the story that inshallah ta'ala we begin with today is the period of the story, the part of the story that deals with the actual battle itself. So in the previous uh, episode we spoke about the, if you like the introduction and the, the steps that took place before the actual battle. Now we're speaking about the battle itself. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in Surah Al-Baqarah verse 249, أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم فَلَمَّا فَصَلَ طَالُوتُ بِالْجُنُودِ قَالَ إِنَّ اللَّهَ مُبْتَلِيكُمْ بِنَهَرٍ فَمَنْ شَرِبَ مِنْهُ فَلَيْسَ مِنِّي فَمَنْ شَرِبَ مِنْهُ فَلَيْسَ مِنِّي وَمَنْ لَمْ يَطْعَمْهُ فَإِنَّهُ مِنِّي إِلَّا مَنْ اغْتَرَفَ غُرْفَةً بِيَدِهِ فَشَرِبُوا مِنْهُ إِلَّا قَلِيلًا مِنْهُمْ We'll break this verse down because it is a long verse. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in verse 249, when Talut, who is the king that, that the people of Bani Israel had appointed over them, when Talut set out with his forces, he said to his people, meaning his army, Allah will test you with a river. Anyone who drinks from it will not belong with me, but anyone who refrains from tasting it will belong with me if he scoops up just one handful. But they all drank from it except for a few. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is saying that Talut sat sat with his army, they're going towards Goliath or Jalut as is known in the Quran. And Talut says to his army, his soldiers, and you can imagine walking in the heat, in the desert, walking uh, towards your enemy, the, 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 the weapon and the armor that you carry, it is something which is tiring, something which causes a person to have fatigue. And something which causes a person to be dehydrated, that they need to drink and they need to seek sustenance. The Prophet, or this King Talut, he said to his troops, 
Allah Azza wa is going to t- test you now with a river that will come, a river where you can take water and drink from it. But the test is that you refrain from drinking from that water. Whosoever drinks from it is not from me, meaning that he can't accompany, in ter- can't accompany me in terms of the army. I won't allow him to be part of my army. And this is a test from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, and it is a test that we see played out in many different ways in the dunya. How often we as Muslims need to stay away from temptations, from the dormants of the dunya, from the things that are pleasing to our soul and our heart, but we know that Allah azza wa is displeased with those things, that we should refrain from them. This test is something which we all have to face in our lives. And so when you refrain from that which Allah azza wa is displeased with, and you seek out that which Allah azza wa is pleased with, that is something which is beloved to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. But if you're constantly someone who's looking to find ways of circumventing the laws of Allah azza wa jal, the boundaries that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has set, then that is a sign of a lack of iman or a weakness of iman. So Talut says to his troops, I know you're thirsty, I know you're hungry. We're going to come across a river. That river Allah azza wa has placed for you as a test. Meaning that that river that we come across will be a test for you because the temptation is for you to go and to drink to your fill. But the test that I have placed for you or that Allah is placing for you is that you cannot drink from it except for a handful. Whosoever drinks from it is not from me. And whoever does not drink from it except for a handful, then he is from my army. Because he wants to test their discipline, their steadfastness, their patience, they're willing to sacrifice for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. These are the traits that therefore will be needed in order for them to be able to overcome the army of Goliath. And this is something which you see in all of the armies of the Muslims, that, for example, that we have in our seerah in the time of the Prophet wasallam. all of the armies during his lifetime, the companions, the battles that they fought, in which they were victorious, they had these types of characteristics and traits and attributes within them, the companions, radiallahu anhu majma'een, people of patience, people of steadfastness, people of trust in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, people willing to sacrifice their luxury, their lives, their wealth for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And so Talut is saying something very similar. He's saying that you need to be people who are willing and able to ward off temptation, and it is that patience and steadfastness that will give you the ability to have victory by Allah's permission. However, as Allah says, The vast majority of them could not resist that temptation. The vast majority of them went and they drank to their fill, even though they were allowed to take a handful or two just to sustain themselves. The vast majority of them drank and drank and drank. Except as Allah says, for a few from amongst them. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala continues and he says, فَلَمَّا جَاوَزَهُ هُوَ وَالَّذِينَ آمَنُوا مَعَهُ قَالُوا لَا طَاقَةَ لَنَا الْيَوْمَ بِجَالُوتَ وَجُنُودِهِ He says subhanahu wa ta'ala, and when he crossed it with those who had kept faith, they said, we have no strength today against Goliath and his warriors. So once they had passed by the river, so we have now the army of, of Talut split into two, the vast majority of those who disobeyed his command, who couldn't withstand the temptation, who couldn't resist. And so those people are now sidelined from the army. They are no longer allowed or given permission to continue with the army. And then you have the minority, the few who were steadfast, who obeyed the command of Talut, who took only from the river the handful that was permitted for them, and they are the ones that are proceeding. Once they have proceeded, they said, who are those that said? The scholars of Tafsir differ. Some of them said that it is group number one, the majority who stay behind. 
Another said, no, it is the second group, the minority, that are still accompanying Talut. On the first tafsir, that it is the majority, they're the ones speaking about it. Then it is as if Allah Azza wa is affirming the very reason that they weren't allowed to accompany the army. And that is because they had a weakness of Iman. They're looking at things like the numbers. They're looking at things like the power and the strength of the warriors of Goliath and Goliath himself and the army that he possesses. They're looking at the, if you like, the physical things and the materialistic things before them, and they're making a judgment according to that. Whereas what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala wants the believers always to do first and foremost is to trust in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, to know that Allah is the one who decrees victory and defeat, that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala can cause a single person to overcome a vast army, let alone a few hundred people overcoming an army that may be just double or triple their number. And isn't this something which we see within our own seerah in the life of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam, the battle of Badr, is one of the greatest examples in our history of a smaller group of people who are strong in Iman, have that faith in Allah Azza wa Jal, overcoming an army that was probably triple their size, much larger in terms of numbers, but Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gave them victory because of their Iman and because of their belief in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And Allah Azza wa Jal makes them steadfast and firm. And then as we know, for example, in the Battle of Badr, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala sent angels, armies of angels forth that would go and assist the believers on that day. So this is therefore, and if it's the first group of people that are saying this, that we have no power to withstand Goliath and his warriors, his army, then it's to go to affirm, it goes to affirm the weakness of the Iman of those people and the very reason why they were told to separate themselves from the army. According to the second tafsir of some of the scholars and commentators of the Quran, that if it's referring to those people who are the minority who are still accompanying Talut in the army, so they're from those people who did have discipline, who did have iman, who did have all of those things, and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is then relaying a statement of this, perhaps and Allah knows best, then it is a sign that even the greatest of people of iman can sometimes have moments of doubt. They can sometimes have moments of doubt. And that is because these people, when they see, and it is natural, it is the natural response that when you see an army that is far greater in number, seems to be far more strong and powerful in terms of what it possesses of weapons and armor, then it is a very natural reaction to think that you are, if you like the underdogs, you are the ones who are, for example, in the minority, therefore you are most likely the ones to be of a weaker state in that particular battle. That is a natural reaction. But then your iman overcomes you. Then your iman overtakes your belief in Allah Azza wa Jal, your certainty, and your tawakkul in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala overcomes. And so therefore it is permissible, it is natural to have certain feelings, certain emotions, certain thoughts. That, and that is natural because shaitan comes to people and he makes those whispers. And it is the way that people think naturally as well. And that is why Allah Azza wa Jal then goes on to say, however those people became steadfast and firm, if it is according to that second position of tafsir. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, قَالَ الَّذِينَ يَظُنُّونَ أَنَّهُمْ مُلَاقُ اللَّهِ كَمْ مِنْ فِئَةٍ قَلِيلَةٍ غَلَبَتْ فِئَةً كَثِيرَةً بِإِذْنِ اللَّهِ وَاللَّهُ مَعَ الصَّابِرِينَ He says, subhanahu wa ta'ala, but those who knew that they were going to meet their Lord, meaning those who are of certainty, that Allah Azza wa Jal, we will meet him one day or another, that death will come. And if this is the day that Allah Azza wa Jal has decreed for me to die, then I will die and there is nothing that can save me or protect me, even if I had millions of people at my side. And if Allah Azza wa Jal decrees that on this day I will not die, 
I will not suffer defeat. I will not be from amongst those people who are hurt or injured. Then Allah Azza wa will protect me. And there is no power or force in the whole universe that can stand against me or stand before me. Those who are certain of their meeting with Allah Azza wa Jal, Allah Azza wa Jal says that they said, they remarked when they heard the statement of people saying we have no strength or power against Goliath, his warriors, his army. They responded and they said, how often does a small force defeat a large army with Allah's permission? How often is that the case? That Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala allows the few to overcome the majority. We see this throughout the Quran. In the stories of the prophets of the likes of Ibrahim and Nuh and Hud and Salih and Lut they are always the minority in number when it comes to their nations and their people. They are always the ones who have, even with the number that they have, often they are those, those people who are the weak, the downtrodden, the, the slaves, the people that no one looks at and no one pays, pays any attention to, the poor and the needy. And those are the people that often take the side of the prophets of Allah as opposed to the rich and the powerful and the strong. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala over and over again in the Quran tells us that the reality is that Allah gives those people victory because there is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala who controls everything in the heavens and the earth. And even in the seerah of our prophet when you look at how the Muslims began so few in number, so weak when it comes to their, their ability to, to withstand the oppression and transgression of Quraysh and the other Arabs that came to attack them and to wipe them out. But Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gave them power and he gave them strength, the strength of Iman. And over time, they would be able to dominate those other tribes and other people of Arabia. And so Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says here that those people of Iman know that this is the reality. Look at the story of Musa Islam that we've mentioned already in this surah, Surah Al-Baqarah. How Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentions that the people of Bani Israel were people who were constantly transgressed upon. They were people who were weakened. People whose children were being killed, their women folk allowed to live. But Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala turned the tables upon Pharaoh and his armies, his nobility. And that is the power that Allah azza wa possesses and that he uses as and when he pleases subhanahu wa ta'ala. These people of Iman, they understood this. How often does a small force defeat a much larger army by Allah's permission? In Wallahu sabirin and Allah Azza wa Jal is with those who are steadfast and patient. And that is why Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala look at the link here that Allah Azza wa Jal is with. He gives his divine aid and help to those people of patience, how it is linked to the beginning of this verse. When Talut says, You must show patience. You must show self-discipline. You must show steadfastness because by doing so, then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will be with the people of those qualities as opposed to those people who don't possess those qualities. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala then continues in verse 250 and he says, and when they met Goliath and his warriors, they said, meaning the believers said, as they stood before Goliath and all of his warriors, his might, his army, they said, our Lord, pour patience upon us. sabra. It is a beautiful turn of phrase in the book of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. alayna sabra. Oh Allah, pour patience upon us. And make us stand firm. 
and help us against the disbelievers. This is the dua that they make. And that is the way of the believers. That at those times of calamity, those times of hardship, those times of extreme danger, they know that the only one that can save them is their Lord and Creator subhanahu wa ta'ala. So they spend their time in dua, in dhikr of Allah azza wa jal, in pleading and asking Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for his help. As the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam did as we know in his seerah on the day of Badr. Before the battle commenced, he's there raising his hands. It is said he raised them so high that the robe fell off his shoulders. And Abu Bakr radiallahu anhu came and he picked it up, draped it once again over the shoulders of our Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam, And he said, O Messenger of Allah, it is enough. Enough dua, for indeed your Lord will never forsake you. But the point is that Allah azza wa jalla, the Prophet sallallahu is showing us that this is the characteristics of the believers. The believers don't look at just things like numbers and weapons and armor. Those things, yes, they play a role and you have to prepare yourself and preparations are important. But ultimately, it is our iman in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and our faith in Allah azza wa jal that gives us that added strength. And so this is what the people of Jalut, uh, the, the people of Talut understood. That the army, even though they're few in number, they know that their victory is with Allah azza wa jal. Oh Allah, pour patience upon us. Make us stand firm and help us against these disbelieving people. So the result Allah Azza wa Jal mentions in 251 verse 251, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, Allah says, and so with Allah's permission, they defeated them. Talut and his army were victorious over Goliath and his army. And God gave him, and David killed Goliath. Meaning the Prophet Dawood killed Goliath. And Allah gave him, meaning Dawood sovereignty and wisdom and taught him what he pleased. If Allah did not drive some back by means of others, then the earth would be completely corrupt. But indeed Allah is bountiful to all. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala simply says, فَهَزَمُوهُمْ بِإِذْنِ اللَّهِ They defeated them by Allah's permission. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala doesn't go into the detail, doesn't tell us how the, the battle played out, doesn't give us a play-by-play in terms of what took place and what didn't take place and what happened. He simply says, subhanahu wa ta'ala, they were defeated. And that is to show you the finality of Allah Azza wa Jal's of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's command. That when Allah Azza wa Jal wants something to take place, it happens. Those people were few in number, they're against Goliath, a much larger, stronger army, فَهَزَمُوهُمْ But they defeated them by Allah's permission. وَقَتَلَ دَاوُودُ جَالُوتُ And Dawood killed Jalut, Jalut or Goliath. Dawood it is said, was a, a, an individual in the army of Talut. So he's a soldier from the soldiers in the army of Talut. And Dawood at this point is not a prophet of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and Allah knows best, but he is a righteous believer in this army from amongst the few who remained steadfast and patient and they resisted the temptations of drinking from that river. He comes and he finds that he's face to face in the army with Goliath. And so he kills him. 
how he kills him and in which manner is something which is found in many of the books of tafsir from various narrations not none of them are a hadith from the prophet وسلم, but from various judeo-christian and other tra- traditions and statements of some of the scholars some of them said that he that he uh, that he threw a, a stone or a rock or a, a one of those small catapults that you hold in your hand it is something like this that he used and he struck jalut and he killed him the point here is that Allah tells us that it is Dawood who killed Goliath. And based upon that, Allah then gave to him prophethood, wisdom, kingdom, because Dawood is one of those prophets of Allah that was a prophet and a king. Some of the prophets of Allah were given kingdom. They were kings alongside their prophethoods. And from them is this father and his son, Dawood and Suleiman. They were kings alongside being prophets of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So Allah says that we gave to him kingdom and we gave to him wisdom and we taught from that which we pleased. And we know elsewhere in the Quran, Allah mentions the stories of Dawood and the stories of his son, Sulaiman as well. And from that which Allah gave in terms of the knowledge that was given to Dawood was the Psalms, the Zabur, the revelation that was given to Dawood And the Psalms, or one of the things that Dawood was known for in the Quran and in the Sunnah of our Prophet is his ibadah. He's a prophet of Allah that was engaged in worship, known for his ibadah, known for his fasting, known for his prayer, known for his dhikr of Allah and his remembrance. They were people and his family, not just him, but his whole household. As Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentions elsewhere in the Quran, I'malu ala Dawood shukra, work O household of Dawood in the gratitude of Allah, meaning worship him. And they worshipped him, it is said in some narrations that you find in the books of Tafsir, throughout the day and throughout the night they engaged in the worship of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. There was always someone in the household of Dawood who was worshipping Allah azza wa jal at every point of the day and the night. And then Allah azza wa jal says, وَقَلِيلُ مِنْ عِبَادِيَ الشَّكُورِ Because how few of my servants are truly grateful. Dawood was known for his recitation of the Psalms and he was known to have an amazing voice, a beautiful voice that he would recite the Psalms with and Allah made it easy for him in terms of his recitation and those verses will come inshallah ta'ala throughout the Quran that will speak about different snippets from the life of Dawood and one of those aspects will be his worship and his recitation of the revelation that Allah bestowed upon him. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala concludes this verse by saying and not that Allah drives some of you back by means of others then the earth would have been full of corruption Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala it is from his universal law it is from the sunnah of Allah that people overcome others nations conquer others people who are today powerful will tomorrow become weak and people who today were weak will tomorrow become powerful and anyone that studies the history of the world will see that this is a cycle sometimes that cycle may last for centuries for a thousand or more years but eventually it will end. And anyone that looks at the history of the Egyptian empires and the Greek empires and the Roman empires and the British empires and all of these empires that have taken place throughout the history and even today in our time, it is still a cycle that you see that as one comes into ascendancy, others descend into difficulty. And as those countries seek to come into ascendancy, the one that was formerly in ascendancy becomes or falls into descendancy. This is something which is a natural phenomenon that we see from in the world, and that is because Allah balances the way that people are in this way by His permission, subhanahu wa ta'ala, and Allah is bountiful, as He says, subhanahu wa ta'ala, to all of His creation. The final verse of this page, and therefore this juz, 
Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala concludes and he says, Tilka ayatullahi natluha alayka bilhaq, wa innaka lamina al-mursaleen. These are the revelations of Allah which we recite to you, meaning, O Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam, with the truth, and indeed you are one of the messengers. Allah azza wa jal says that these are the verses of Allah that we recite to you, we give to you with truth. How else would we know about the story of Dawood and Jalut, David and Goliath? How else would we know, for example, what took place in the life of Musa salam, or the stories of Ibrahim and Nuh and Hud and Salih and Shu'ib and Lut salam? How else would we know about the worship, the worship of Dawood or the great vast kingdom of Sulaiman salam? How else would we know all of these stories that Allah relates to us in the Quran? Were it not that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala had revealed to us this book with all of the verses and the guidance that it contains. And therefore it shows that these verses are verses of truth. And anything that is based upon truth is something which you should benefit from, something which you should take lessons from, something which you should take and apply in the best way possible. And then Allah Azza wa concludes and He says, وَإِنَّكَ لَمِنَ الْمُرْسَلِينَ And you are truly one of the messengers referring to, obviously, our Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. And with that, we come to the end of the second juz. And inshallah ta'ala, in our next episode, we begin with the first page of the third juz, which is in Surah Al-Baqarah. And inshallah ta'ala, in that first page, we also have the greatest verse of the Quran, Ayatul Kursi. Barakallahu feekum. Wa sallallahu ala nabiyya Muhammadin wa ala alihi wa sahbihi ajma'in. والسلام عليكم ورحمة الله وبركاته بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم